I'm Sameach. Have a happy Hanukkah to all of you. Um, this year is dedicated in memory of Dr. Chuck Feldman, by his loving family, and I've spoken many times about Dr. Feldman and how he was special in, in his attitude to Torah education, to its importance. And of course, a well-known doctor in his uh, in his area. Uh, this year, it was uh, going to be a year on Parshat Miketz and on Hanukkah, and I have the sources. But I I may have been overly optimistic about what uh, we could actually accomplish in the time that we have. So, what I'm going to do is start from the end. And hopefully, uh, we will be able to get even part of the beginning. So, the first thing I wanted to, uh, I wanted you to look at or to know about was just one second. Was Hanukkah. Now, the Rambam in Hilchot Hanukkah, Hilchot Hanukkah, Perikim, there it is. It's on your uh, it's on your screen. The Rambam says this: Bebayitcheni, general, not a particularly precise uh, definition, but you know, Bayitcheni was built by those who returned to Eretz Yisrael with Ezra and Nehemiah. They came from the seat of Persia, which then was transferred to the uh, to the Greeks. Alexander the Greek conquered the the, the world, world, and basically took it away from from the Persians. So that's Bayacheni. Bayacheni, Shemalchu Yavan, Shemalchu Yavan. Now there are a lot of ways that you could describe Yavan. But I think it's instructive that the Rambam said, Malchu Yavan, they were the reigning monarchy. They were the ones who were in charge. They had that quality, and the Rambam is emphasizing that. He didn't just say, Kishik Lachamu Yavan, they came to fight. Shemalchu Yavan. Gazru Gzerot, what does a melech do? A melech, a king, Gozer Gzerot, he promulgates edicts. And those edicts are automatically accepted. She Gazru Gzerot al Yisrael. Al Yisrael, well, you know, Yisrael. B'nei Yisrael, B'nei Yaakov. Well, al Yisrael. U'bitlu datam. And they negated their religion. Now, this was an innovation. You have to understand, until the time of the Greeks, until the time of the Greeks, apparently, I mean, if you like look at the long view of Jewish history, you know, not, you know, not the details, of course, you don't have time for that. I mean, it's, it's important to learn history as well as you possibly can, because even though history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, it's instructive. 
it tells me things about what happened and it makes sense to kind of pay attention to what the history tells us so it's a new thing in the old days in the olden days before Ezra and Nehemiah the Jews had interacted with other nations then the the way they did that was uh, to say that all religions are acceptable all gods are God uh, the Greek said there was something about the religion of the Jewish people that was offensive to them it denied them it denied them uh, access to a God because the Jews did not accept the idea that there were many gods they kept pushing the idea of Shema Yisrael Hashem Echad. They oppressed them, even though this was innovative. They didn't allow them to, to deal with Torah and mitzvot. They knew, they knew the Greeks they knew that if you wanted to overwhelm the Jews, if you wanted to deny them their religion, you had to stop them from learning Torah and keeping the mitzvot. Whereas other religions said, we're also a religion, you can worship our religion, you can worship your religion. Then, Pashtu Yadam Bimamot Nam, they took away their money and their daughters their daughters this idea that the king marries all of the daughters or has relations with them is a way of saying is a way of saying that you don't have jurisdiction over yourself which is a kind of an interesting idea. The Greeks may have, I mean, I can't say that everything the Ramam writes is based on profound historical analysis, but it's worthy of note. And then these Greeks, they went into the Heichal, into the Beit HaMikdash, and they opened openings in it. They, they, destroyed everything in sight and they did something which is interesting I think I think most Jews today if they had to yeah, a quiz how do you produce well they might not know the answer but the Greeks knew the answer the Jews said that there are people who are tame, unclean cannot be part of the religious procedure. And there are others who maintain a certain level of purity that enables them to be part of the worship. That also seems, you know, all of these uh, ideas that distinguished the Jews, Israel, uh, were things that the, that the Greeks were not able to fathom, fathom, or not able to to accept, not able 
uh, to accept. Let's go on. And Yisrael, again, Yisrael was felt the oppression of of uh, the Greeks. And they oppressed them greatly. It was like, like a state. So this is the way the Rambam describes the change in the reality. Right? He says, he gives full credit to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was a judge. Well, she aim me Adam, and he uh, redeemed them. He redeemed them, the Hitzilam, and he saved them. What did he save them from? But being re- religiously oppressed. Right? Religiously oppressed. That's God, what God did. And then how did... You put did- the on? Was, there were two kinds of redemption on Hanukkah, according to the Rambam. One was Lechatsum Lachatz Gadol. Until God had mercy, the God of our forefathers, that seems like between God and reality, between God and and the the, the tensions on 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 the ground, between God and Eretz, Eretz Israel, and then he says. So there's the Temporarily lost sound. I don't know what's happening. I think you should make your, um, no, you shouldn't. Don't increase. And also put your sound down or put your earphones on. I'm, I'm a sure. I'm a lesson. 
understood that their spiritual identity was being worn down, that they wouldn't be able to maintain uh, without these mitzvot, mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh, mitzvah of Shabbat, mitzvah of Mila. And we don't understand exactly why these mitzvot, and, and especially these mitzvot, caught the attention of the of the Greeks, but we understand that the opposition of the Greeks to B'nai Yisrael was don't keep mitzvot. Don't do what God said. Whereas previously, previously the opponents or the enemies of the of the Jewish people, they said, okay, uh, you know, as long as you are quiet and act properly, then you can continue to follow the dictates of your religion. You'll follow our religion a little bit, and your religion a little bit, everything will be fine. And then the Rambam goes on and makes this absolutely remarkable statement. And there was also a physical battle. And that physical battle was uh, led by B'nei Chashmonai. Right? And as a result of the victory of Hanukkah, which was uh, an immediate victory, there was an immediate victory. They, they, they were able to outlast the people in uh, in the land and and reestablish. We used to have the traditions. And so the Rabbah says, Hoshiu Yisrael mi Adam. B'nai Yisrael were redeemed from the hands of the Greeks. And they established Malchus. Malchus meaning kingship, right? Kingship. And then he goes on and says, Malchut and Malchut was returned to Israel you know, since the Babylonian exile. There was really, there were really no Malachim in Israel. Malchut Yisrael Shana Ad Churban and and from the time of of uh, the Hashmonaim until the destruction of the temple was approximately two hundred years, and during those two hundred years there were there was a king in Israel. And so you know everybody knows that this Rambam is a wonderful Rambam. The way he he connects the two kind of main forces in in our lives: the spiritual force, the physical force, and and the fact that the Greeks were perceptive about B'nai Yisrael and knew that they were uh, dependent on their spiritual positions, that otherwise their strength would ebb and, and there would be no reason to fear them, to fear them at all. And then the Rambam says, well, they they were repelled. repelled. They, the Greeks, were repelled and the Jewish idea of spirituality, which is somehow contained in the mitzvot of Shabbat, Rosh Chodesh, the new moon, and Mila, was returned. It was returned to us. 
with 200 years of Malchut Rashi. They're the last line in the in the Rambam Chazra, Malchut Yisrael, and Malchut was returned to Yisrael Yeter al Madaim Shana Ad Chorban Hasheni. So you you have to understand the Rambam. The Rambam says something here unnecessary. unnecessary. It doesn't say that in the Gemara. It doesn't say that in Megillah Ta'anit that Chazra Malchut Yisrael Yeter al Madaim Shana. That's part of the story of of of. of uh, as part of the story of Chanukah, during those 200 years, most of the people who assumed the, 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 the status of king or queen were, were not devoted to the Torah. Quite the contrary, they were, they were the Greeks. The nouveau Greeks were the one, were Jews who, who were not willing to live according to uh, the the Torah demand, and so why the Rambam mention it? Why the Rambam say Yeter al Matayim Shana Ad Churban Baicheni? Says we had we had the king for two hundred years. I mean, with me two hundred years, they were they were mostly idolaters of one sort or another. They used the temple as a source for oppressing Jews. Uh, this is all without even thinking about Herod, who had his own difficulty with the Jewish with the Jewish people. So why did the Rambam say that this is part of the story? Because I think that's what the Rambams do. He's telling me the story, so I should know it well, so I'd be able to repeat it and say it to the people who are interested. So, I mean, of course, you know, I would light candles on Hanukkah, and I do it in order that people should understand that something special happened. But still, you have to explain to most of those people what it was that happened that was so special. So the Rambam really lays it out for you in this Parikimel Aloha Alem. The Rambam tells you there's a spiritual component, there's a physical component. I'm not saying that one... One is entirely under divine direction. The other may not be. I don't, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know too much about that. But the Rambam obviously thought that the story has a spiritual component, strong spiritual component, and also has a a physical component. There were people who fought in the battle, and that's something that we all know. We all know that uh, Al Anisim doesn't mention the the physical battle. And, and the Gemara does man, uh, mention, well, no, Aladisa, the, the, it doesn't mention the miracle, the Neis Chanukah. Because we try to kind of say that everything is in the Neis Chanukah, but not the Rambam. The Rambam says, Yeter al Matayim Shana, Chazra Malchut Yisrael. Yeter al Matayim Shana, Chazra Malchut Yisrael. So, that's something very important. And the Rambam said it. The Rambam said, Malchut, I mean, I'll rephrase the Rambam. Malchut is very important. And when we have Malchut, we're better off than we don't have Malchut. And even if the Melech that we're talking about was corrupt and a denier of God's authority in heaven, even if that's all true, we're still better off somehow 
with Malchut than without Malchut. Now we know that uh, Malchut came to Israel with great difficulty. Great difficulty that uh, the parish of Miketz is the story, beginning the story of Yosef. The Vayeshev is the end of the story of Yaakov. And Miketz is the beginning of the story of Yosef. And Yaakov and Yosef represent uh, uh, Jews looking for leadership. Looking, I mean, Yaakov was trying to put that into this DNA. And Yosef was actually carrying it out, but for the wrong, for the wrong group. So what was it? What was it that Hashem wanted us to know about kingship and the importance of kingship and the fact that kingship itself is not always a clear goal. We don't always know what it is we're striving for. So I'd like to take this uh, opportunity to learn with you uh, something from the Luchuti Maharad. Something that was that Rav Nachman of Bratzlav said that I think is worth uh, is worth uh, noting. The Kuti Maran, you see it on the sheet. Torah Dalit starts with the pasuk. You know how Rav Nachman works. He starts off with a pasuk that you think you know, and then he talks. And when he finishes talking, somehow new light is shed on that pasuk that he started out with. So we're not going to get to the new light, but we'll be able to look at the beginning of this Torah. Torah, it's called Torah Dalet, in the first part of, in the first part of the, uh, in the first part of, of the Kutei Moran, the book that Rav Nachman wrote. Shadam Yodea, here's what the Rav Nachman said. Shadam Yodea, all the things that happened to him. The person is Yodea. Yodea was an important word for Rav Nachman. It was like there's knowledge and there's deeper knowledge and there's super deal. So when he says Adam Yodea, something about the way God runs the world. All the things that happened to him. Haim Not as some people think that Haim, all the things that happened to him are uh, are good, but all the things that happened to him that don't look good are also good. And this kind of aspect of things, he me'ain olam abba. If you get to that level, if you get to that level where you can see that whatever happens to you is good, it's good for you. This paralleling Hashem and Elohim. Elohim is Din, like judgment, it looks like you're being punished for something. And then Bashem is Rachamim, is mercy. So how could you say that? So I mean, the, the Rav Nachman chops that pasuk. He says, Bashem When it's a, it, when I see clearly that it comes from Hashem, I will praise 
Davar will hear, he'll explain that word as well. Belokim, Alel Davar, when it's something connected to the stringencies of Din, also I will Alel Davar because they're both good. Vizot Habchinahi Me'ena Lamaba. Then he goes on and says, there is something called Me'ena Lamaba. And Me'ena Lamaba means you could feel it. You could touch That's what me'en olam means. That you could touch the next world, the closeness that you have to God. Me'en olam haba In this world. On that day. On that day. What day? God will be one. Ushro Echad. Well, what does that mean? That on some day God, God is God. God is one. I don't have to make God one. So he, he, he goes on and says, Vikshu. And of course they ask that question, What do you mean? Far off, far away. Isn't it true that God is one today? And that's why we say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Echad. And the answer in the Gemara is Aidna in our time today Aidna Mevarchim Alatova Atova Meti if something good happens and I know that it's good, I make a bracha, the brachas atobrahashem atova meti. God is good and makes things good. And on the on the things that are bad, I say the bracha dayanemet like when somebody dies. So sometimes you say a bracha atova mitiv, and sometimes you say the bracha dayanemet ula atid. And in the future, Rav Nachman quotes, "Kulo atova mitiv will be able to make the bracha." on everything that happens, right? Everything that happens, uh, in the future, it doesn't mean in the future like tomorrow, but it means in a new world, the new world which will be recreated in the future, so that we're presented in the davening, we're presented in the davening with the idea that Shema Yisrael Hashem Echad, and even if we can't get to that, we know that we will be able to get to that. When I say get to that, I mean achdut, you have to say achdut, oneness doesn't exist in our world. Like when somebody says, I have a, I bought this table, who's the only one of its kind. It doesn't mean that there can't be another table that somebody else will make, which will be exactly the same as the table that you had. But when you say Hashem Echad, you take your stand against all the religions who claim that there were many gods. And so for us, that's not an easy thing. But the promises that Hashem Echad will recreate for us a world where everything is Echad. Everything Echad meaning 
before that, we could say the bracha tova metiv, and we could say the bracha baruch met, and imagine, imagine that somehow they come from different sources, or they're not something that we understand. But in olam haba, olam haba meaning greater awareness of the presence of God that we have today, that's olam haba. Olam haba, there'll be a kind of merger of these two brachot, and everybody will understand that whatever happens, whatever happens to me, what happens to the people who are here, whatever happens is hatova meti. Even though we used to think of it as being dayan ha'emet, but now we're going to think about it as tova meti. Ulatid, in the future, future meaning whatever the future will bring. I mean, future means different, special, something remarkable. Ulatid, Everything that happens, you look at it and you say, Hatova Metiv. Shem Hashem, Shem Elokim, Achdut Echad. That's how Rav Nachman understands it. That God looks sometimes to us, sometimes like merciful, and sometimes like harsh. But the, in the future, Hatid, in the, in the world that God is interested in, we will all be able to see events as being Hatova uh, Metiv. That's what he says. Latid, Kulo Hatova Metiv, Sheyeshem Hashem, Sheyem Elokim, Achdut Echad. Okay, very nice. I'm going on. Without Habechina, Yevshal Hasig. He says, this what make what what is necessary, prerequisite to understanding what's really the relationship between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You can't get to it. You won't be able to get to it, right? Unless Keshema'ala Bechinat Malchut Diktusha so this is like this I think is an important line. Let's see if we can get it. There's something called Malchut Kedusha. Malchut is kingship, and Kedusha is sanctity. Sanctity is where Kedusha is where you have more of God than you have regular. It's more, you feel it. You understand that some people say they go down at the Kotel. So they feel the Kedusha. What does that mean? I mean, the Kedusha is connected to a place sometimes. It can be connected to an idea, connected to a place, connected to a, the way people act or deploy themselves. So he says, there is something called Malchot Kedusha. And where is that sacred Malchot? Sacred Malchut. We, we only know about Goyim who are kings. Even they're not such kings. But they but they are a little bit kings, right? But in Malchut Kedusha, Mehagalut, Where is Malchut today? Well, we're in the Galut. We were sent into the Galut. 
And even though we're back in Eretz Israel, and that's all right, you can't say that we were redeemed. I mean, well, this thing happened, that thing happened. So part of Am Israel ended up back in, uh, but uh, I, I'm not sure, but according to Rav Nachman, he wouldn't call that Malchus. Wouldn't call that Malchus. Remember the Rambam? The Rambam said the Chashmona Ima Malchus. So uh, he says, Malchus de Kedusha. He brought them up from the Galut, from the diaspora, right? He's got to bring it up from It's almost the story of Yaakov and Laban. Why did Yaakov have to go to Laban? Question. What did he do there for 20 years? Question. But he had to get out of there. He was trapped in Laban, and he got out of there. And so the Ramban says, the Ramban says that he invented redemption. He, Yaakov, but put it into the DNA of Am Yisrael that they are redeemed, that it happened after the 2,000 years. 2,000 years is a long time, especially in the first 1,800 of the 2,000 years. Things didn't change so rapidly as they do today. So, Yaakov, Yaakov came back to Eretz Yisrael. I mean, he was supported by Kodesh Baruch You shouldn't think that he was just running away from himself or running away from wanted to go home to see his parents. I mean, all of that is, it was a cataclysmic event. It was something very special that Yaakov was willing to take his family back to Eretz Israel when he knew that Esav would be there waiting to destroy him. And yet he was willing to do that. So he, he, that's what coming back from the diaspora means. Coming back from the asteroid doesn't mean you get a ticket to El Al and you and you get a, a, a house someplace in in Eretz Israel. What it means it means you go against the grain. You do something that is remarkable, and that was in the DNA that Yaakov inserted into Am Yisrael, and that's why for generations they thought about going back to Eretz Israel. And as soon as the Jews, some Jews, stopped thinking about going back to Eretz Israel, well, they said, we have a good deal here. We could stay where we are. We don't have to think about going to Eretz Israel. So then it all fell apart. It wasn't possible for them to do anything, to go anywhere, to do anything. And then, and we know that the Aliyot, during that thousand years, the 1800 years, right, the, all kinds of Aliyot, the building on went that Aliyah there. The brother-in-law of the best was Aliyah. The Balatanya was Aliyah. They all came back. How come they all came back? They came back because they weren't ready. They weren't ready. What weren't they ready? Ready to do? Zota Bechina. Look at Bet. You see Bet? Yevshah Lassig Elik Shumaleh. Bechinat Malchut Tekdusha. Mehagalot. The Malchut Tekdusha is not effective. It's not working. There's a Malchot Kedusha. That's why the book of Bereshit, starting from the parasha of Ayesh, tries to explain to us 
how much you have to work to get a melech, how hard it is to produce the kind of society that the Torah wants you to, to have, which is led by led by Malchus. And even according to the Chashmon Naim, when you have Malchus, but you don't have Malchus to Kedusha, you don't have what the, what Rabbi Nachman thought the Malchus was supposed to be able to spread Kedusha. And, and, and the Malchus of the Chashmon Naim didn't. Most of the kings of Hashem, as we said, were were not acceptable. They were not interested in uh, creating a divine, divinely connected uh, society. They just weren't interested in that. It is ki achshav ha-malchut akom. That's what Rav Nachman means. It's like in the malchus. We lost it. So what happened to it? We were kicked out of Eretz Yisrael. We were not able to establish ourselves after the the destruction of the Romans. We weren't able weren't able to do any of those things. So where what happened to Malchut? So Rav Nachman says, We gave it to the Goyim. Plural. Plural. They nurse from Malchut. Called, called, I'm sorry, called Elohim. Malchut, Elohim is power. They have it. Of the Elohim. Of the Elohim Shalahem Bishem Elohim. Adikraim Elohim Kemoshe Katub Elohim Malchi Mikedem. That Elohim is the name of the earlier form of Malchut. Shemalim Bechidet Malchut Bebenatum. When you do that, when you get the Malchus out of the Goyim and transfer it to the Jews, So we see, we see that, that if the Melech is the person who determines things, who, who somehow manages to circumvent other kinds of decision-making processes. We understand how important it is. And we understand that Yosef was the one who injected Malchus into Klal Yisrael, even though he was the Melech of Goyim and not the Melech of Yisrael. And he was not able to achieve that sort of Malchus, as we all know, and perhaps we could talk about that next week. Meanwhile, I wish you again Chag Urim Sameach, have a happy Hanukkah. And the way that you spread, probably the way you spread the story is to know the story. So I wish you all, take a little time, learn the story of Hanukkah. There are a lot of renditions and, uh, and then you'll be able to tell the story of Hanukkah Thank you.
Thank you. Have some air.